Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. Welcome. Welcome to these podcasts, which we do three times a week, all year long. You can find us on our website, which is modernhomemakers.org, and you can find all sorts of resources. There are a lot of free resources. You can find something I'm going to talk about today, the resource of Elizabeth Elliott's order form for her books. And today I have a fabulous resource in studio with me, which is Elizabeth's husband. Welcome, Lars. Thank you very much. It's nice to have you again today. If you missed yesterday's show, uh, please go back and listen to the true love story, the meeting and marrying of Lars Grin and Elizabeth Elliot. I always loved Elizabeth's telling of it because she was so witty and quick, and she summed up the entire relationship of having two boarders, single men, in her home in one sentence. And she would say, the first boarder married my daughter, Valerie, and I married the second boarder. And the the audience would go berserk. They would just laugh until they fell off their chairs. So yesterday we got a little more content and um, understanding about this relationship. Elizabeth Elliot was married three times, her first husband, which is what brought her life and what would be her future life to the forefront was Jim Elliot, who was speared to death by the Alca Indians in Ecuador in 1956, January of 1956. And in that event where five men were killed, Jim and four of his colleagues, missionaries, um, that event became international news. It was not like today's martyrs. Uh, we know that martyrs are being taken every day in every way, and um, we are not as aware of it. It is not as public as that was. And with that became the sensation of their lives and Elizabeth's writing, which is a long story in and of itself, of the first book that described their life together. And that book was called Through Gates of Splendor. If you've never read the account, if your children and grandchildren don't know of this account, Through Gates of Splendor is a must. It's how the missionaries came to be there, how the families were there, what the missionaries did, the five men who established contact with the um, Alka Indians, how they lost their lives, and what was to follow. I have so many Elizabeth stories, and you've heard them through the years, but I think I called this show A Lamp for My Feet, because when I first met Elizabeth, I was a young woman, and uh, quite, I think, unruly. I knew that I had things out of order, and she was the epitome of order, and in meeting her, I felt this immediate connection of the fact that I thought here was a woman who, as Lars called yesterday, capable and strong, but she was also capable and strong, brilliant, and willing to invest in others, and especially women. And so she began her hard and laborious work with Dotto, as she called me, um, often finding me murderous, Uh, because I was not growing as fast as she would like me to grow. But she became a real lamp for my feet. 
she directed me in ways. And so today, I want to talk about some of these books. I want to tell you that because Lars is with us, he has indicated that if you will go to the website, his website, Elizabeth's website, which is elizabethelliot.org, lowercase, no space, elizabethelliot.org, lowercase, no space, and she's Elizabeth with an S, not a Z, and Elliot with two L's and one T. You will be able to purchase three books or CDs and take a 30% discount on the price of those books. Thank you, Lars. And I hope that many of our audience will take advantage of that. So tell me two questions. The first question is, what was the first book you read of Elizabeth's? Well, it'd be Through Gates of Splendor. Through Gates of Splendor. And I really didn't know anything at all about Elizabeth when I moved in the house or about work. If you had mentioned about the fact of some missionaries down South America being killed by the Alka Indians, it wouldn't have meant a thing to me. Mm. Now, the way I found out about the connection between Elizabeth and Jim Elliot. We had on the coffee table, there was a, a large photo a photo book. And so one Sunday, I was sitting there, I just picked it up by chance and took a look at it. And as soon as I began seeing the pictures, the whole episode became clear in my mind because back in the year it happened, we, my family subscribed to Life magazine. Hmm. And Life ran a couple of, issues just on that with the photographs of Cornell Kappa and all. And so it happened that as I sat and looked at the photographs and Elizabeth came from the, her room and, and going to the kitchen, she walked past me and I, had, I looked at a photograph of the back of this lady in the book and her back, and I said, there's a familiarity between those two. <laughs> so when she was finished in the kitchen and turned around, I opened the book to a page with a full front photograph. And, I, you know, if you're sitting there on the couch, you look at the book, you look at the person, your head is bobbing up and down. And so I gave her the once over and decided that the woman in the book and the woman that's just passed me by are the same. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the way I found out she was Elizabeth Elliot, and I never did tell her that. And because uh, I think it would have been an admission of ignorance. <laughs> so I let it I let it go. But uh, that was how I found out who she was. And then, of course, I was paying much, atten- much more attention to her, not because of that, but just the fact that as we lived, you become accustomed to living and doing things for each other and all. So my my thing was I was always trying to find something that she needed done or if I could do anything or run an errand or what have you. So mm-hmm. little by little, I worked my way in. Well, uh, that, that, that piece of your helps and gifts from God and servant's way, and you still have that way, Lars would be mortified if I were to tell you all of the things that I know that he and he and Elizabeth did to help others in their lifetime, and he continues to do. 
So this gift of helps on this servant's heart and Elizabeth's capabilities, as well as the small platform that she had when you two met. Now, I have a story that I've told before on air, but I'm going to tell it again because Lars is here. I can remember, now remember that I have written nine books. Elizabeth has written 40 books. And when my publisher gets a book, we, me- we need a whole team of editors, grammarians and correctors and editors. And Elizabeth would turn in a manuscript. Now think about this, all of you. He, she would turn in a manuscript that was in publishing perfection, ready to go. No one had to go through it and check for punctuation, spelling, grammar, content, drop sentences. So this was a gift that she had and that God had used in her and she had educated herself so that she was capable of doing this. When she was married to Addison Leach, which she was for five years, she was going to speak one night uh, to a group of women right there in Massachusetts. And he said to her, Elizabeth, do you have your books? Now, if you knew Elizabeth at all, you knew that she carried a small Bible and a small binder that had six rings in it. And she held them up to him and said, yes, I have my books. And he said, no, the books that you have written. Now, Lars, when you married Elizabeth, had she written three books by that time? I don't know what the count was. I mean, she had a few, probably. Yeah, a few. Not many, but, no, a, few. No. but a few. So Elizabeth's idea about writing books was capturing concepts and information that would encourage others to be a lamp unto their feet. But her idea of how you would get those books out into the world, she wasn't even thinking about it when she was literally going to speak somewhere that she might take a book that someone would be interested in. So I always found that a very interesting insight to who she was, a a little more on the shy and reserved side, and of course the writer, and then she meets you, who are not on the shy and reserved side and with this gift of service. So... Now I'm going to ask, no, I'm, no, I'm going to tell you, I don't remember which book I read first. I really don't. But I can remember when um, the journals uh, of Jim Elliott came out. And I don't even know what year that was when they were published. But Elizabeth almost insisted that I have it. And it was a fat book. And I, like you, didn't know much about Jim except the story of his loss of life and the and the missionaries in the jungle. And I thought, do I want to read somebody's journals? But she convinced me to do that. And I remember that being a, really a turning point for me because he was a very young man. How old was he when he died? What was he? Uh, 20, 26? Yeah, 26, oh 27. 26. Yeah, right in there. I don't know exactly the age either. And the words that Elizabeth captured from Jim's real journals um, were words of indication that you did not have to be old to know God and to be wise. And that was a huge encouragement to me. So the Elliot journals, Jim Elliot journals, were, was one of my earliest love 
books. Um, the Shaping of a Christian Family, when it came out by that time, um, we were close friends, and I knew of her daughter, Valerie, and her eight children, and all of these concepts. Elizabeth was the one who encouraged me to get out there and speak to women and do what God had called me to do. But not before she said to me, calling me by Dotto, and she always said she never pointed her finger. Did she ever point her finger? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> you never saw her do that. Not that he, not that he remembers anyway. Um, I, I remember her pointing her finger. It was a, a point of exaggeration. Not, not that she was exaggerative, but she was making a point. And she said these words: "Don't carry a Bible unless you've swept under the bed." And that was another significant place where Elizabeth looked into me and helped me know that I needed to get things behind the scenes, the things under my bed in order before I began to do um, any kind of platform or pulpit teaching. So Lars, what was the first book you helped Elizabeth get published? Do you remember? I really didn't <laughs> help her a whole lot about publishing because once you have a book that has been called for and people know, uh, the, the publishers themselves uh, are interested in getting another a good selling book. So, and also, I have to say, the publishers are not great at putting out any sort of, you know, not billboard, but point of sale material. Mm -hmm. It's 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 really virtually nothing in point of sale mm -hmm. going out. They'll they'll have it in their bookstores. They'll have, uh, you know, maybe some little flyer on the window or something, but they're not they're not out there pushing for for sales. Uh it, most of that it may come from uh for instance the Frankfurt Book uh Mesa or Frankfurt Book Fair that they have where the books are then sold to other foreign foreign publishers. So you get a you get a book that is circulating in different languages. Mm-hmm. Always helps. Always helps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The book it has to stand pretty much on its own after the after the initial promotion, then it's sort of on the back burner for a publisher. Okay. What do you mean when you say point of sale? Well, a flyer in the window or a book slide. Like when we were in we were in Hungary uh, one time and walking the streets and there happened to be a bookstore there. And there was in the window was a a uh, photograph of Elizabeth with the title of the book, so that particular bookstore knew something about well, how do you promote this? How do you how do you get it out there? Well, the window is a good choice. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing. And then you get some of them advertising in magazines, but have magazines uh, publishing it's it's expensive. Mm -hmm. And the publisher is not really wanting to do that kind of uh, put that kind of a amount of money in it, and of course now the whole thing is completely turned upside down with the uh, electronic yep. books. Yep. So that they a lot of publishers have gone out of business. Mm -hmm. And bookstores certainly. And the bookstores are not to be seen. Yeah. Although I understand that this new generation is is encouraging and moving back into the small 
bookstore. So tell me, when you traveled, how many countries did you and Elizabeth travel to? Would you guess that? <laughs> Just guess. I don't know. It'd be uh, we were. These are, I mean, Norway, uh, England, Wales, Scotland, Spain, France, Hungary, Libya, not, not all of these speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, we went to India a couple of times, and you know where, where she spoke, and but that was to go to the to the fellowship there. Korea is a good it's a good a good place. Three or four of the books are still in print in Korea. So then we travel in Australia and New Zealand. How many books are uh, available in foreign languages? Would you say ten ten titles in foreign languages? Yeah, I would. I would think that yes, you would have. Yeah, maybe more because German. Well, German is the probably the number one translator of books. Now, I just have had recently a couple of contracts for uh, second publications of some issues that had gone out of print, so okay. that they wanted to pick it up. And do it, and uh, it has a constant flow. But the Germans are very high on books. Mm -hmm. the, the The idea of books today, as you say, with electronics and Kindles, and electronic reading, we are, of course, you and I. We prefer the book. Oh, we prefer the book. We prefer um, touching it, feeling it, carrying it, writing in it. I have a collection of all of Elizabeth's books. Um, they are not only inscribed to me, but they are, I, I picked up your favorite as, before we began today. Uh -huh. And at the back of it, I have the year that I, the last year I read it because I read them and then reread them because when you read them the first time, the second, third, fourth uh -huh. time, you have a different perspective on them. Well, that book, No Graven Image, the, the thing that, it's so it's tremendous to me. It's the ending of that, the ending of that book. The ending of this yeah. book. So can you say a few words because this is Lars's favorite. It's Elizabeth Elliot, No Graven Image, and it's a novel. J.I. Packer did the forward yeah, to let it. Let me take a look at it for a minute. And yeah. let me just read that. Um, Margaret Sparhawk, the brilliantly portrayed main character of this gripping novel went to the mission field full of zeal and high ideals. God had something unexpected for her, something that forced her to re-examine her faith at the deepest level. Yeah, it's, it is, it's really a book that uh, where the missionary expects how God's going to work in the field and direct her and give her, well, I guess, somewhat of become known as a, as the missionary, yeah, and several things happen to make her wonder whether she's in the right place mm -hmm. and whether she should have been a missionary. But it's the it's the final final few things that that is so good. And I got to put this thing down. Hang on, can you hold on to that? This is this is a, such a joy to me, and for those of you who are listening. Lars is sitting in a big, red, comfortable chair, and um, 
The producer is holding his microphone and he is looking through this book, his favorite. I think it's a very important question. What is it when you've read all of these books, The Chance to Die, which was the life of Amy Carmichael? What an amazing research that Elizabeth did. But like Elizabeth ministered to me, Amy's ministered to her. And I have hanging on the wall in my study uh, one of the copies of The Gold Dust, which was uh, Amy Carmichael's newsletter, uh, equivalent to a newsletter. And Amy Carmichael assigned it with her name, which was she was called Ama. And then Elizabeth has endorsed it to me, Dotto, and I have it framed and hanging in my wall. It's one of my treasures. So these books become that to you. Don't be afraid to buy a book, to buy two books, to look at these titles. Let me be a woman and the mark of a man. I have given the mark of a man to so many young men who are starting out in college I'm looking for what God has called them. The Let Me Be a Woman, which was a book that Elizabeth wrote for Valerie. The the book on purity, which the Passion and Purity book came out just before Elizabeth was going to speak at one of the Urbana conferences. How many how many people came to those Urbana conferences? Oh, 15,000. 15,000, yeah. Were those the biggest audiences that mm-hmm. you spoke to? And they were young people. They were young people, college people. And The Passion and Purity became a book that buzzed through that tremendous size audience, and they were all carrying those blue books and going back to their campuses and reading them and talking, reading it and talking about it. So, Lars, have you found the place you want to read? Well, it's the ending of uh, No Graven Image. And one of the things that stands out is, is Elizabeth's ability to paint a picture. And so, uh, there had been, Pedro had, had been killed. I don't recall exactly how, but he's part of the book there. And so she, she reads, she wrote here, the mound of, she went to see the grave. The mound of earth had sunk a little. But at the head of the grave, someone had put up a flimsy wooden cross, painted white, and had written in pencil the, the name Pedro Chimbu and the date of his death. Nothing else had changed. The sky was vast and blue above the above me. The, the mountains calm around me. There was no sound except that of a few sheep beyond the mud wall and a faint piping of someone. It sounded like a child went by on the road playing on the panpipes. It was as it should be. I found myself alone. Rosa was not here, but carrying out her own work at home. The McDonald's, Lynn, my colleagues in many places had also then appointed tasks for which they would individually give account. Those who prayed for me at home might at this moment be praying, and he to whom the prayers were addressed would know what answers to give. For my part, I was left alone before God. Indeed, it seemed to me this morning that for the first time in my life, I stood in direct relationship to him as Moses stood when he beheld a burning bush. For me, however, it was no such dramatic vision. There was before me only the dry mound of earth and the pitiful little cross with its penciled legend 
what was it about that cross that cleared away to God? I think it was this. I saw for the first time my own identity in its true perspective. Once I had envisioned Pedro, Highland Indian, Christian, translator of the Bible, soldier of the cross, because I, Margaret Sparhawk, had come. He was my project. He was the star in my crown. But here was another cross with a name and a date to mark where a dead man lay because I, Margaret Sparhawk, had come. And God, one of him, I am with thee, he had said. With me in this? He had allowed Pedro to die. Or, and I could not then, nor can I today deny the possibility. He had perhaps caused me to destroy him. And does, and does he now? Does he know? Or does he now? I asked myself, there at the graveside, ask me to worship him? I lay down on the grass and saw that high above me, a condor circled. Hmm. Looking down, looking down on the tops of the frosted peaks, on the lakes and the serene valley, the child went by the great, great, once more, hmm. piping softly. It's hmm. wonderful. That's wonderful. Thank you, Lars. Well, guys, um, we are going to draw this to an end. My emotions are high. And I want you to read these books, to enjoy them, to come to know and love my friend Elizabeth. I am so grateful that Lars is here in Arizona with us for some days. He has made this offer to you. Remember that it is elizabethelliot.org available on our website. So if you have a hard time finding Elizabeth's website, you should not. And you have found ours, you can find the list there and handle it accordingly. We are Modern Homemakers. Thank you, Lars, so much for being with us these days, not only in our home, but being with us um, on air. I know that our listeners will be glad to hear your voice. Thank you. Appreciate it.